Welcome to On the Way with Tony Chris. Each weekday, Dr. Chris will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Chris. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is Podcast 230. We are looking all week at routines and rituals that lead to righteousness and godly living, what the Bible calls godliness. There are some habits that we can form that will generate the kind of habits and thought life and lifestyle that will lead us to obedience. If we do not follow these things, then we are just, at best, hitting and missing. You see, the Lord Jesus had certain routines He did in relationship to the Word of God, to study, and to prayer. And that's what I want us to talk about today, is the concept of habitual praying, and how we are to do that. Many times people say, well, I have read books on prayer, and I've been to seminars on prayer, but I still really don't know what prayer is and how to touch the throne of God. Well, the only thing thing I can say to anyone at any time is we can go to all of the seminars and conferences and we can read all the books about prayer that great men of God and women have written down through the centuries. But the only way we really learn how to pray is to just pray. But sometimes it's hard to get started. The first thing that I would say to anyone is that the way that the Jews prayed is the way that we need to pray, and that is they prayed usually unless it was just a spontaneous ejaculatory prayer where it was just really out of a crying out to God for mercy or in anguish of some sort or in joy of response to the blessing of God upon our lives. Prayer is something that's thought through. It's something we do with an open Bible. You see, the Jews didn't close their eyes when they prayed, except again in those special circumstances. But they would open their eyes. They would pull a prayer shawl over their head to act as a blinder to not be distracted. That was like a closet you would enter into. And you would take the Bible or a portion of the Torah or a portion of one of the books of the Bible or a prayer book of a book of prayers or the Psalms and you would shut the door where the only thing that you were focusing on was the written Word of God. Because you see, in prayer, we often hear in seminars and read in books and in, from childhood on, we teach people really the wrong thing because we say prayer is nothing more than talking to God. Well, that's not true. And that's inaccurate. You see, prayer is not talking to God. It's communicating with God. And the greatest and most important person that is speaking in prayer is not us. It is God. And so when we pray with the Bible open, especially reading the Psalms, there is a great sense of direction. Sometimes people get on their knees and they'll pray or they sit in a chair and they, they will pray or they'll sit in a pew and they'll pray. And many times they have a list and they name off people before God or they list sins that they've committed. 
All of those things are fine and they have their place, but that's not what real praying is. Praying is hearing the voice of God and responding to Him. It's the heart cry that cries out to God in communication and praise and repentance and worship and adoration. And uh, sometimes we ask for needs. But if all we do is in our praying go to God with a list of needs, we've missed what prayer is all about. It's really listening to God. And we don't do well as listeners, but if we will pray and seek the face of God, we'll meet God and we'll meet him in his word. Charles Haddon Spurgeon prayed with his eyes open, with the Bible open. And that's how I've learned how to pray. As I've shared with you earlier, I read through the Psalms every day. And as I read through the Psalms, I pray. Let me give you an example of that. If I read in Psalm 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, I stop after that. After I have read through the Psalm once, I'll go back and pray it through. Lord, have I been walking in the way of those who are ungodly? If I have, Lord, point that out to me. And many times as I say that, I already know the answer to that. And sometimes I have to repent because I've listened to ungodly counsel. I've listened to that on a news broadcast or I've read it in a paper or I have listen to a program that I shouldn't or listen to someone that I shouldn't and more than just heard them I listened to them. That's not good. I don't want to walk in the counsel of ungodly people and be reading ungodly material except for research in order to do something so that I might know God better and His will for my life in contradistinction to something that I've read. And I certainly don't need to sit and start scorning the people of God and the Word of God like others because that's where we end up. There is a digression. We walk in the counsel of the ungodly and listen to ungodly counsel. Next thing we know, we're standing. We are literally doing what they do. And then we just sit down and we're a part of the fellowship of the ungodly. And so I ask myself that. I examine my life. The scripture says that we need to meditate in the word of God day and night. If we do that, then that will become our delight and we will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water and we will bear fruit in due season. You see, we've got the idea that every day of our life that there's supposed to be some kind of miraculous thing that happens in us. And and if we are looking for that, that's wonderful. I mean, God does the miraculous every day. But we've got to understand many times in the greatest men of God who ever lived, God only spoke with them a few times and did only a few miracles in their life, maybe one or two in their entire life. And we're expecting God to do something every day that could be written down in historical data. Well, the fact is we don't have to have that to walk with God. You see, people often say, well, what do you do when God is silent? Well, God's never silent. Honestly, God has given us a written word. Many of the people in the Old Testament didn't have what we have. We have a written word, and God has given us direction on almost everything in life. 
And he's done that through precept, principle, or in pattern. And if we'll search the scriptures, God will give us the answers that we need. Sure, sometimes we don't find the answers immediately. And I know that's what most people say, that when they're talking about God being silent, that they don't have the answer that they're seeking. But if we seek the Lord with all of our heart, the Bible is true every time. And it says we will find him. If any of us lacks wisdom, we can ask of God. That's praying. We ask of God, why am I going through this? God will give us the answer. And the Bible says he'll give it to us liberally, freely. And he won't fuss at us for asking. In other words, he won't come down on us and say, why are you asking me this? God wants us to talk with him, but he wants us to listen. And he's even given us a model as to how we're to get started in praying when we do just talk with God. And that's really best laid out in what we call the Lord's Prayer, but it's really a model prayer because the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Not how to pray, but Lord, teach us to pray. We need to pray. We need to communicate with God all the time. And Jesus said, well, pray in this manner, in this fashion. Our Father in heaven. You see, he's talking to disciples. We're in a relationship with God. He is our Father. And one of the greatest things we need to understand is God is for us. God is not against us. We are not standing before the judgment bar of Almighty God. We've already settled that. If we're saved, then the sin debt has been paid. We're no longer going before God as a judge. We're going before God as our Father. And He desires what's good for us. And He's not going to do anything that's going to harm or hurt us. And Jesus talked about this often. If you come and you ask God for a piece of bread and for daily provision, is he going to give you a stone? Is he going to hand you a serpent? Absolutely not. God gives the very best to those that come to him, his own children. Look at what it says. Jesus said, call out on our Father in heaven. Understand that that's where he is. He is above us. He is transcendent. And it says, hallowed be your name. That is holy is your name. That is God is totally holy and righteous. And he's going to do what is righteous. And Isaiah said it like this. Will not the God of all the earth do right? Well, the, that's a rhetorical question. Of course, the, the God of the, all the earth will do right every time. And we just need to trust him. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are acknowledging that we want God's will in our life. You see, prayer is not trying to convince God that you need something or trying to convince God to do something. And oftentimes people say, well, you better watch what you pray for. Well, God's not out of control up there. And he's saying, oh, they prayed for this. That'll be bad for them, but I'm going to give it to them anyway. Well, that's is that what a father does, a loving father? Well, if we are carnal and we know how to treat our own children and do what's right, certainly the God of all the earth will do that which is right. You're not going to back God into a box because you asked for something. He's not bound to do anything for you. No, you see, that's the silliness that we've gotten into. No, what prayer is in the truest sense of the word is not us bending God's ear to the point to where he goes, well, they've nagged me to the point to where I'm going to do this for them. I know it's not best, but I'm going to do what they say. No, that's us controlling God instead of God controlling us. When we get in his word, that's what conforms us by his spirit to his will. 
And then he said, ask for provision after you recognize who God is. Give us this day our daily bread. Uh, you see, everything we have comes from the good hand of God. And then he says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. When people sin against us, we need to forgive others just like God's forgiven us. Now, the basis of our salvation is not in this. And people say, well, if you don't forgive them, then God will not forgive you. Well, there's different kinds of forgiveness. You see, he is our father. If we're going to have fellowship with him, then we have to obey him. And so in the area of forgiveness, this is familial fellowship. It's not judicial forgiveness in the sense of God is saying, okay, if you can't do this, then I'm not going to give you my rights. That's absolute far and silliness. No, this is talking about forgiveness. We will not experience the forgiveness of God, not sense it in our lives. And if we have an unforgiving spirit, the odds are, if we don't deal with that, we'll begin to doubt whether we're even a child of God or not. That's what that passage is talking about, because we won't sense the forgiveness of God. Do not lead us into temptation. Well, of course, God's not going to lead us into temptation, but what we're doing is asking God, please keep us from from the evil one. Keep us from going into areas of our lives, treading in places that we don't need to walk. And so he says, deliver us from the evil one. And the Lord will honor this and he will help us. And even when we are tempted by the enemy, there is no temptation, but such as is common to man. Uh, Satan is out there to harm and ruin and destroy every life. That's his nature, according to John 10. 10, but the Lord has come to give us life, everlasting life, abundant life. And so he said, end up all praying by saying this, yours is the kingdom and yours is the power and the glory forever. We always need to start on a familial note, that is, that God is our Father. We're in a relationship with Him. And we need to remember that God has everything in His hand. He is the King. His kingdom is the only kingdom that will stand forever. And His power is the only power that can overcome anything and everything. And He deserves all the glory in in every area of our life. So let's pray. Let's develop a prayer life that leads us to godliness. That means we need to do this as a habit of life, not just one or two times a day, but throughout the day. But it would be a good practice to pray in the morning, pray at noontime, pray at evening, and really do that. Do it with your family. Do it with brothers and sisters. And let's spend time praying and learning to know God in a personal way. After all, that'll help us to develop routines that lead to godliness, rituals that lead to righteousness as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.